0: It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I am excited because I have one of my best friends in franchising with me today. We have a lot to talk about, and I am going to pick her brain about, oh my God, I don't want to age her, but more than two, maybe three decades of franchise experience. But if you've never listened to the Franchise Academy before, I'm a franchise advisor and coach. I match people with franchise opportunities all over the country based on skills and personality and goals. I work with folks that are frustrated with their career and cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning. I also work with folks who have a job, they want to keep it, but they want to diversify their investments and we help people understand really what's available in 4000 different franchises that span 90 different industries in franchising. Check out my book Franchise Savvy, which is my personal stories of success and failure in a franchise. Um my second franchise I lost a ton of money and uh, you should know about why that happens before you buy a franchise. So check out that book Franchise Savvy it's on Amazon or on my website, the Franchise Academy, and also check out my new class. It's an online class. You don't ever have to talk to me. You can actually just take my class and learn everything there is to know about buying a successful franchise brand for you, your family, and your future. So today I have with me Sharon Kupatch, who, man, I, I we have stories that we could share. <laughs> We've been working with candidates all over the country for, for well more than a decade now. Uh, Sharon and I live... Uh, kind of near each other on the southwest coast of Florida. But Sharon is with this really cool company called Happy Nest Brands. And so Sharon, um, just real quickly, her bio, you know, she's a VP of development now. She's responsible for leading a team of franchise development people uh, and help candidates evaluate and get educated about the brands in their system. There's three, there's a fourth coming. I heard, maybe we could talk about that today. Um, prior to Happiness Brands, she spent 25 years in franchising with all different uh, franchises and, spelled, and spent several years herself as an entrepreneur, um, really helping emerging brands get their systems and processes set up. So she's a franchise guru and, and really a great friend to me and a great friend to franchising. So, Sharon, welcome to the Franchise Academy.
1: Oh, wow. Tom, Tom, that's, you know, I feel like you were speaking about yourself being the guru of franchising. Like, I just love it. Been in it for a little over 25, going on 26 years uh, in 2023. So a little bit of time for sure.
0: That's awesome. Um, You obviously started when you were about 12. So um, thank you for sharing all your insights. So tell us a little bit about Happy Nest Brand So it's not happiness, but it's happy nest brands.
1: It is happiness brands. So that began with an idea sitting around a conference table of we want to diversify our our portfolio of home service brands. We want people to be happy in their nest. So we're adding eggs brands into our nest one by one, and we build our house out of bricks. By adding really responsibly and thoughtfully franchisees into those eggs, which are our brands. So that's how Happy Nest came about. It's a super warm and fuzzy feel brand, you know, overall arching brand, but it's our parent company. So we uh, are based out of New Jersey. We have five brands three are live uh one is being launched early next year and then one mid next year so we are we have our legacy our bell cow is lawn doctor 55 year old company household name um lawn spa is what we call what they do so it's not cutting grass but it's beautifying your lawn taking care of your lawn making it healthy Um, mosquito hunters we added in 2018 that is mosquito abatement. And uh, we grew that we got we acquired it when there was about, I think, six franchise, um franchisees and there's now about 150. So really aggressive growth, super solid brand. And then Ecomades, we acquired in 2019 with two franchisees. And Ecomades focuses on entirely green, eco-friendly cleaning, uh residential and like commercial. And we started with two and we now have, well, we've sold since 2000. Well, we actually launched like right when COVID started in March of 2020. And we had sold uh, about 120 units uh, to date. Might be a few more, but wow. yeah, pretty explosive growth. We just acquired Elite Window Washing, which is a Canadian company that uh, has a really cool spin on cleaning windows and outdoor beautification, uh, using some pretty unique technology. So super pumped about that. And then we're going to take that brand and incubate that into the United States with Sparkle Squad later in 2023. So super fun.
0: That is amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, who who is the, the president of the company now?
1: Scott Frith
0: is our chairman
1: and CEO of not only Lawn Doctor, but also Happiness Brands. So he actually got into franchising when he was about six years old, literally. Literally, yes. Literally, yes. His dad was came in as a franchise developer with Lawn Doctor, worked his way up, ended up becoming CEO and ultimately chairman, uh, president of the IFA, like a really just a household name guy, very well respected. And Scott took over when Russ retired uh very fortunate he lives just across the main road from me here in Florida so uh kind of fun to keep franchising in Florida right um
0: is yeah. yeah
1: Russ is here
0: I and- didn't know that. oh that's so cool yeah I'm sorry I'm interrupting you but oh. I had I had interviewed Russ right before he retired for an article in uh, Entrepreneur Magazine oh, wow. and um just a fascinating gentleman And just a down, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And and that's what you find in franchising. But, you know, you talk about some of the friends and and the leaders in franchising that we know, like Tim Ivankovich, as an example. You know, great guy, salt of the earth. Um, But anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. But that's so cool that he's down there. That's great.
1: It's very cool. I think he really started the whole culture effect with... Lawn doctor and Scott grew up in the business, his son, and when he took it over, Scott is probably one of the most humble men I've ever met. Um, And that starts top down, right? Building that culture within an organization. Scott has a mindset. We have a happiness and no jerks policy. We don't bring jerky franchisees in our brand and we don't employ jerky employees um, because humility is where it's at compassion making sure that we're all working hard together making sure we're collaborating together and uh, it's just a really awesome place to work like just it's fun every day
0: It, it it yeah it's such a great brand I mean a great parent brand but and great leadership and and so that's why they brought you on because of all your experience and then I feel that um you know, the franchisees are great and, and you're very p- particular and picky about who you would award a franchise to. But before we even go deeper, I I don't want to put you on the spot, but there's like an elephant in the room that I just want to kind of put on the table and, and help you, you know, explain the situation. And I'm talking about staffing, right? Awesome. So Happiness Happy Nest Brands is involved with companies that have a lot of staffing with um, what I'll call unskilled labor. How are you guys handling it this day and age?
1: Yeah, that it is the topic. Every candidate call, it starts with staffing. So recruiting and retention. So thanks for bringing that up because it is an important topic. And all of our brands require um uh, labor and the majority are unskilled labor. It's a it's a specific labor level. Some of our brands require more staff than others, uh, so that became a thing, especially when COVID started, mm. and people started making some decisions on what they wanted to be when, and what they were willing to take as employees of that labor level. And you saw you know people jumping from one job to another. Uh, demanding higher pay wanting flexibility like that whole that whole society evolved right? right so what happiness realized very quickly and i think EcoMain's really really sort of pushed that button is that we needed to be able to make sure that we were competitive with big box stores like a target um you know um Starbucks that offers great benefits, uh, gives people value to work for those organizations, and we wanted our franchisees to have that unfair advantage because their business depended on that, and they wanted that. They wanted to be able to offer to their teams, their employees, those types of benefits. So happiness rolled up their sleeves. We hired a consulting company, uh, spent quite a bit in an investment for this consulting company to really come in and say, this is what people want. The people will work for you. You will retain your employees if you can build this specific type of culture. So part of what we had control over with Happiness was we are now able to offer healthcare benefits. Franchising, so yeah. I mean, that's how, that's the face I had when they launched this program because not my entire career, I've never been able to say that, not one time, that I work for an organization that can provide not only healthcare to employees, of our franchisees, but our franchisees as well so somebody leaves their career they don't have benefits and they can get into one of our brands and get really reasonable good benefits for them and their families and it's minimal exposure you just have to have two people in a business to use it and so it's really it's really good and it attracts great employees because it's an added benefit um and the second thing that we did was develop a program called the ladder operation where We want employees to think of their position as uh, an opportunity for a career, not just a job. There are people that just want to go and do their job and go home, and that's fine. We need those employees too. But there are people that have drive. They have motivation. They want to learn new things. They want to grow and ultimately maybe emulate their employer, right? So we developed this program where they can work their way up, hit certain milestones in any brand, and we'll offer them a sister or brother brand at a very reduced rate so they're able to become an entrepreneur themselves. And that's been pretty successful, actually, with lawn doctor, technicians, and
0: eco-maids. So that's crazy. So what you're saying, just so we can make this clear. So say I, I get a job and I'm working for an eco franchise owner somewhere in the country and I do my job. I show up. I do what I have to do. And um, after I hit certain milestones that you guys communicate, you guys will offer me a franchise of my own. So. Mm-hmm. I could oh, maybe there's a lawn doctor available or I could jump into this new window cleaning thing, which I think is fabulous because it is a three month wait for window cleaning here in my neighborhood in Florida, yes. in Sarasota County. I have to wait three months to get somebody to clean my windows. Um, so that's like a game changer, Sharon. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, is
1: for the right employee, for somebody. And that's the whole idea, Tom, is. You know, there's there are employees in these brands that come in and they think they're just going to do one thing. They're just going to clean houses. They're just going to kill bugs. They're just going to save a lawn. Right. And they that's what they think. That's what they're hired for. But then the franchisee sees something in them and gets excited about it and challenges them and raises them up. And there's levels, different levels of opportunity where they can learn new skills, uh, develop behaviors, make more money to support their family and their needs. And so they work their way up through this this ladder. And then if they want to be a franchisee and they qualify and that's that's their direction, then we'll help them with that.
0: Yeah, that it's amazing. You know, it goes back to one of my favorite things about franchising. Is that we don't really give people a handout, but we give them a hand up. Um, and so Happiness Brands is is apparently a leader in that um that whole idea. So that's fantastic. That's
1: really interesting that you just said that, because to sort of pivot the story a little bit, when I first joined Happiness, which was when we acquired Ecomades. Um, that was my role. That's my passion is to lift merging brands. That's what I I love every day is to build a foundation and watch brand grow. Oh. Um, I was on the phone talking to Scott Breth, our chairman, and I said, "What's your culture? What's your relationship between your franchisees and you as the franchisor?" Because that's very important to me. I that's why I've been in it so long. It's because I have integrity. I have work ethic, and I expect that from my employer as well. It's, a, it's it's, who I am. It's who I want to be associated with. So he said something very, very different to me that I had never heard from a franchisor before. He said, you know, Sharon, he said, when I have a franchisee that's struggling, I tell them, look, we could go two ways. Would you prefer that I just not listen and push you down? Or would you prefer that I grab your hand and pull you up and we solve it together? Mm -hmm. And I just got the willies because every time I think about that, or it it feels exactly the same as when he said it the first time, I thought that's who I want to be a part of. Somebody that's going to raise people up And that culture has trickled all the way into our franchisees, businesses, independent businesses as well.
0: Yeah. It, you know, and and the funny thing is, is like if anybody was going to look for a franchise company and they decided, hey, let me look at one of these Happy Nest brands, and you know, I heard this lady Sharon talking about it, they're gonna find out from the franchise owners that's the truth, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the greatest thing about franchising, in my opinion. As you're looking at it as an investment opportunity, it's the most transparent investment opportunity to my knowledge. That, that you could make. So you'll talk to owners in these concepts. Uh, and if you're working with me through the process, I give you 39 questions to make those calls really effective. And you get to know like the real deal, like really what's happening here. Um, and so it's just not a lot of talk and hyperbole coming from the, the the vice president of sales for the organization here, Sharon, but but you'll hear it from the franchise owners and they got nothing to gain Or nothing to lose by telling you the truth of of what their franchise is doing, what their parent company is doing.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I'm very proud of the fact that our development team across all brands are straight shooters. Mm
0: -hmm. They're
1: they're honest. We're so invested. We're employees of happiness. So we are very involved in our brands. We know what's going on out in the field. We have weekly meetings with coaches and CEOs of each brand. We know exactly what our systems are doing. And that's so it's personal, right? So for me and and my team, it's always the relationship starts with, look, we're going to walk this path together. I'm going to educate you, give you everything you need but I'm going to be looking at you just like you're looking at me. And it's either going to be right or it's not like, I can't fit a square peg in a round hole and right. I can't make you sign a 10 year franchise agreement and give me a big check. Like, I'm just not that good. You know, it just has to be a good fit. And that's how we sleep at night. So because we do our best to bring in those right people, ultimately it's their responsibility to execute we execute on our side with system support, processes, best practices, relationships. It's their job as a franchisee,
0: a business owner, to execute on that. Right, and it's you're giving the foundation and allowing them to flourish in the foundation that you provide. That's right. And I think that's paramount. Mm-hmm. So interesting because it's I f- I feel that the the business that you guys are providing uh these opportunities are are just um like down to earth kind of things it's not like so i always share with people you know franchising doesn't invent categories right mcdonald's did not invent hamburgers and and planet fitness did not invent working out you know eco maids did not invent you know cleaning houses yeah. So what you do is they find a niche and then they roll it out across the country. So what, what is the niche for EcoMades? So the niche is, I don't know. I don't even talk about the widget. Like
1: it's it's a marketing company. It's a customer relationship company, but the niche is green cleaning within the industry, which is the industry of cleaning has been in franchising for what? 35, 40 years now. I mean, it's resilient, oh my gosh, like it never really is affected by economic challenges. And we realized pandemic challenges. That's when we started this right at the beginning of a pandemic. So we know it works in a pandemic. Um, So that the niche for EcoMades is primarily that we are entirely green and eco-friendly and we go into somebody's home and we make sure that they're safe. When we do our job. Our employees are safe. We give them safe equipment, safe vehicles, safe product to use, and, and our consumer is the same. Um,
0: and the franchise, the franchise owner is insured, bonded. They do like background checks and all that mm-hmm. staffing, right?
1: Yeah, that is a differentiator, I believe, because there are organizations where um, you know, they can hire contractors. To be, you know, to go in and do somebody's home, we don't. They're W-2 employees, are bonded, insured, background checked. Uh, we know exactly how they're trained, what their background is, what their ethics are, yes.
0: Right, right. And I think that goes a long way, but I want to go back to the recession kind of resilience stuff, because um, I know the answer for this, because I've been doing this for 17 years. but. Why do you think, because um, a lot of people say to me, you know, the maid service, I mean, that's the first thing I'm going to cut if I lose my job. Mm-hmm. So how do you answer something like that?
1: That's actually not true. I, overall, statistically, that's not, man, I'm not saying you're not accurate. I'm just saying like statistics prove that we are not the first to get cut. Going out to dinner too much is the first to get cut. You 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 will eat at home before you give up your cleaning person because cleaning is a budget item now. Cleaning is something that saves people time and effort and allows them to focus on things they need or want to do. There's two types of customers in this particular space, and it's very simple. The people that don't want to do it, that would be me. I value my time. I don't have a lot of time. I have equal mates coming into my house. I've 20 years I've had cleaning people. I don't have any interest in doing that every single week. On the flip side, people cannot do it. They physically cannot do it. So you have millennials, everybody in between, and seniors on both ends. It's a super broad. 27% of cleaning customers, residential cleaning customers in the industry are single one person in a dwelling, doesn't matter if they own or rent, dual income, single income, dogs, pets, cats, birds, doesn't matter, none of that matters. You don't have time to do it. You don't wanna do it, you can't do it. It's that simple and broad and people don't give it up. This industry for years and years and years has grown at about a 6.6% clip, the cleaning space, residential cleaning. Very stable, didn't matter what was going on with economics, inflation, um, pandemics, it didn't matter, nothing mattered, it just grew super stable, always a need for it, there will always be customers, middle, middle, upper, upper income. Absolutely. When COVID hit, it jumped to 14% growth. Wow. And we anticipate that through 2030.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's an incredible number right there. What right. I, because I was in the seat during the Great Recession in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. two thousand ten, yeah. as we saw cleaning expand tremendously because all of a sudden um, both spouses had to go to work to pay the bills, um, or if one got laid off, uh, that they, they were busy trying to get a job and freaking out but they still needed the house clean. The kids were still running around messing everything up. So it didn't decrease. It actually increased during mm-hmm. the recession.
1: Yeah, it totally didn't. And on top of that, I think we became germaphobes, right? We're just much more uber aware of our surroundings, the need to be safe in our environment, whatever that means to whoever. Um, yeah. I mean, it it totally catapulted the idea of I need my house safely clean. Yeah. And I, frankly, I'm sick of smelling bleach. I don't want to smell bleach anymore. I don't want to sell pints. I don't want to smell pine sol. I don't want to smell anything. I want to smell clean. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's why EcoMains just blew up when we launched because we came in right at a crazy right time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is incredible. Um, the... And, it's, and you can't get a good cleaning person, you know? So it's great to be able to get a company. They're vetting the, the employee. They have to do the right job or otherwise they're fired. So that's a great thing. When
1: well, you I look think. at any of our brands and home services, which is so not sexy, right? Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to own a lawn company or a cleaning company or a mosquito killing company. Nobody ever says that, not one time. Nobody, (laughs) right? So when you look at these brands, better than 90% of the competition in all of these home services our unsophisticated competition like a mom and pop, just a person, one person doing the job. Big difference. Easy competition for a company like ha- any of our happiness brands, but Ecomade specifically, where we have a system. We have the tools, we have the technology, we have apps, we provide the cleaning products. We know exactly what they are. Nobody's forgetting a vacuum because it's already in the car. Like it's it's there's and if somebody calls up, there's somebody else that can come do that job. Right. And do it the same way. Do it exactly the same way. Because it's so,
0: systemized. So this, this is like your forte here. Um, my my next question is really, who are you looking for as franchise owners? Are you looking for people that love cleaning? I mean, well, you know, I'm being a little facetious, but.
1: <laughs> what do you think the percentages of people in the United States that love cleaning? Like 2%? <laughs> Like, but there are people that do like to clean. I guess I shouldn't dis, I shouldn't discriminate. Um, you know, we've found a lot of success with uh, product, project managers, engineers, uh, C-level owners, uh Uh, highly educated because it's a business it's a needed service and they see the potential with that um they have organized delegated led inspired all of those things right In in their career right right um i think if if you really drill it down for ecomade specifically the owner should be somebody that cares about their teams because it's not difficult honestly the way that we do recruiting we have in-house recruiters we you know we find their people for them it's not about so much getting employees as retaining the employees and that's entirely based on the culture that they build within their organization which we coach them on but they have to execute on that so when you know we're talking about finding the right franchisee it's somebody that actually wants to employ somebody and, and do right by them i i had drinks with my local franchisee saturday at their home they were gracious enough to invite me over it was wonderful and they you could just tell how much they cared about their staff they said we're actually helping these employees pay their bills. We are giving them opportunity. We're teaching them new things. Like they care about giving somebody a quality job. And that leads into more of a quality life. So I think there has to be that warm and fuzzy effect there. They don't right. need to be tree huggers. Like, you know, they they do have to appreciate that our brand is entirely green, eco-friendly. You have to abide by that because you can't greenwash and say you are and you're not. Mm. You have to be, and our brand is like one of the only ones that is entirely green and eco-friendly and science-based. So we want to walk it. Mm. Um, I think I think our owners that are great time managers do very very well because it's a there's a lot of balls in the air and it's super flexible. So you have to make sure that you're on point with this, on point with that, on point with this, and and then you can throw those balls up wherever they land.
0: So, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me. Um, so, if I'm running a full fledged um, eco maid, some um, franchise owner, um, how many employees actually do I have?
1: Well, you scale quickly. So, you start with like two to three when you start your business, and you're scaling. And by the end of the first year, typically you have
0: six to eight. Six to eight.
1: Okay. I have owners that are finishing up their first year with. Upwards of eight to ten owner, uh, eight to ten employees, because as we build density for our owners, which is the centralized marketing across Happiness Brands, all the brands, when we find their customers for them, which is what we do through marketing efforts, that scale happens. I mean, they are often running and they are growing at a clip with EcoMade specifically. It's very aggressive.
0: So offline at an earlier date, you and I were talking about the marketing in a digital kind of uh, suite that you bring to the company and to the franchise owners. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's, what's really important when people are vetting brands is to make sure that they're solid systems that can take some of the heavy lifting off of their plate because they're not franchisees are not experts in everything. And rarely are they ever experts in marketing, right? (laughs) Or sales frankly, or technology, like none of them are real big experts, right? So uh, what we do is actually create the owner's demand within their territory. So we do what's called micro-targeting, where we attack a very specific neighborhood when they first start to create that route density through digital marketing on the ground. They are doing ground game activities. Signs, door hangers, parking waves and with their with their mascot, like really uncomfortable, weird stuff. But what we need is that brand awareness. And so our job is to create an efficient route, because when you're in home services, if you don't have density, you don't have efficiency, you do not have profitability. Right. Right. Those that's the recipe for success with home services. If it's repeatable or recurring home services, you need that density. So, what we do is take data and we hit when they first start, we'll hit two or three zip codes and we're going to blast them and we're going to generate that full time route for the owner by giving them customers in a specific neighborhood. And then we're going to move. And we're going to work on the next neighborhood in the next neighborhood, so that their uh, teams can create full time, right? Which is the goal. Although we're paying our employees full time from day one, we're having them do marketing. They're a hybrid employee from day one. So that I mean, that's the whole thing with the marketing is creating the demand. Then we have a sales center that sells it. Mm -hmm. So the owner's not selling because it's about speed to lead. So we do that for them as well. Their job is to fulfill the demand by execution, using the employer choice program, treating their teams correctly, that type of thing.
0: So you're helping triangle. Yeah, you're helping, but you're helping with every aspect of the business.
1: Yeah. So well, that's
0: the, there's more than helping. Actually, what you're doing is going beyond um the call of duty, in my opinion, with, you know, the enjoy the employee choice choice program. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you do the marketing, you're bringing people to the door. We actually bring people to the call center, right? Is it a call center?
1: It's a sales center, Tom. It's not a call center. Like we don't take cancellations, challenges. We don't do any of that. All we do is sell. So and we sell across all brands from our our sales center it's called the Dojo. Super cool, like googly place in the office. Uh, it's got that whole vibe, that whole feel of like Google. And uh, all they do is uh, speed delete. lead. So they answer all web forms, all the marketing collateral, all the numbers drive to the sales center and they give the quotes, they sell it. And then the owner schedules and routes it.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. That's great. So is is the franchise owner supplying vehicles, to the uh, employees or are they using their own vehicle to get from place to place?
1: So across all brands, um, owners will lease vehicles. Uh, Lawn Doctor is a van. Um, there's a like a sort of a smaller van for mosquito hunters and then there's SUVs for EcoMates. So we will, our owners will supply the vehicle. For EcoMates specifically, people come to the office, the lead tech picks up the car, Make sure everything's stocked, grabs their app, and off they go. They have their GPS. They have their notes for the day. They know exactly what's going on. They do quality check. They close out the job. The owner hits the credit card back at the office, and life is good. So it's really simple. And it's a
0: built-in repeat business because if you know if you clean my house once and it's a good job, I'm having you back every week.
1: That is the important part, right? We can get customers all day long. They have to execute appropriately in the customer's home, providing that excellent service in order to get that repeat business, which averages about the first year in business, about 70% of their customers convert convert over to recurring, which is pretty amazing, actually. In the second year, you're upwards in the 80 percentile. Like, you know, they're doing a great job when they get in the home.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So I want to kind of wrap this up. I know you have to go. Um, So I do appreciate your time with the franchise Academy for sure. Um, Is is there one kind of myth about franchising or about one of your brands, perhaps that you could bust right here, right now? Yeah. I like to bust things. (laughs) Um,
1: I would say a myth and I'll just go local with our brands is that um, You know, it's it's hard to get employees. It's hard to keep employees. And that's just not the case if you have the right resources available to you and the right training and the right tools um, so that you can raise people up. So I would I think that is the biggest myth with our home service brands when candidates call when I have my first call with them, you know, in franchising in general, I think the myth is. That uh, somebody buys a franchise and they just think that it's a box and you open the box and you're going to make a million dollars in your first month. And guess what? You're not. (laughs) Right. Work hard. It's the hardest you'll ever work. You're not going to be happy every day, but it will pay off.
0: It will pay off. off. It is very much like joining a gym. If you think you're going to join a gym and get in shape just because you joined a gym, then probably a franchise is not for you because you have to work it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take it. It's going to take time to see the results. And as you're not seeing the results, you got to keep on going anyway. Yeah. And that's yeah. how you become successful. I think, it's
1: really, I think it's really important for for candidates looking at franchises to make sure that the franchisor has that support. Like, you know, we we talk about we're kind of your Sherpa right? We're going to lead you up the mountain. We're not going to carry you on our back, but we're going to tell you, don't go this way because there's probably snakes. Don't go that way. You'll fall off the cliff. Let's go this way, follow the lane and you should be just fine. So I think that that's an important thing for your candidates or your clients as you're talking to them and presenting options that the franchisor needs to make sure they have that support ready and then the franchisee has to take advantage of it right yep. they got to use it
0: i love it i love it sharon i want to thank you for your time this is fantastic i i should have you come back and speak about each brand individually have um, a time. And maybe even get scott fritz to come on and and give us uh, his insights too so thank you so much i appreciate it and uh we'll be talking soon
1: thank you tom for the opportunity
0: uh my pleasure
1: this has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.